Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, January the 14th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the latest coronavirus news and Governor Hutchinson's leadership, or lack thereof, at this stage of the pandemic. We'll also talk about former Governor Mike Huckabee's controversial upcoming appearance at the Arkansas Martin Luther King Commission's MLK Day event set for Monday, and an ethics complaint filed against State Supreme Court Justice Rhonda Wood. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Good afternoon. We spent a lot of time last week talking about uh, the the rise of Omicron and and the state's reaction. More the same uh, this week, though it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, I haven't seen today's numbers. This is what about two o'clock Friday afternoon, and they're not out yet. But we set a record for new cases yesterday of thirteen thousand, and the the big and you know the cases in a sense aren't the story. The hospitalizations a story, and that's pushing thirteen hundred hospital beds and. I think the big news is the uh, new forecast out today from UAMS on the progress of COVID in, in the weeks to come. The governor likes to say, oh, these are just forecasts. You know, these guys are wrong all the time, what have you. But maybe, maybe not. But in any event, they're predicting 10,000 new cases a day over the next 10 days. Uh, so we haven't peaked yet. Deaths are going to average 10 or 11 or so a day through the end of this month. And, and there are going to be 85 new hospital admissions on average every day. And so the question is, how many are able to leave the hospital? And we're, we're getting pretty close, particularly because of staffing problems. Hundreds of healthcare workers are sick uh, of staffing those beds. There's not a shortage of beds. There's just a shortage of people to attend to people in beds. And I just read something online about somebody who had a non-COVID need uh, going to the hospital, may have had a stroke, and they're trying to get them in. And if they do admit them, they're going to hold her in the emergency room because there, there are no staff beds to put her in. So uh, the situation is, is difficult out there. And, and apart from a push on testing, which if, if people take testing seriously, if they learn they're sick, they'll stop going to work and going to school. Perhaps they'll start wearing masks when they did not before so as to protect other people. But in Arkansas, who knows? Uh, you know, our vaccination rate on average is lower this month than it was last month. We've never had a mandate. The governor periodically begs people, begs people to get a shot, but it doesn't appear many people are responding. So now the, I guess the good news is, is that Omicron, which is clearly what has taken over the state because it is so transmissible. It's as transmissible as measles, which is kind of scary. The experience has been after it, 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 that it peaks quickly and then it declines quickly. The Eastern states have had their peaks and are going down. Uh, Arkansas hasn't had its peak just yet, but maybe, I mean, the, the governor's position seems to be, we just hope it's going to not last long that it's going to eventually go away, kind of the Trump view, that will just there'll be a miracle and it will just disappear. Yeah, well, you're right to pinpoint the hospitalizations as, as the most important thing to focus on. But, of course, with, with everyone catching it, that, that means that it's hard for anything to work. You know, the economy, grocery stores, uh, and schools, which we've talked about so often, uh, I think, for the most part, People agree that kids should be in school. 
that they learn better that way. The virtual school has been a mess. Uh, but anecdotally, we hear over and over that uh, in a lot of cases, it's just kids are being kind of warehoused. They're they're stuck in the gym because there's insufficient teachers. The governor made a plug for retired teachers to come out as substitutes ah, as if. Which was, which was laughable. Uh, and then you've had, you know, dozens of districts that had to pivot to, to virtual because they just didn't have enough teachers. And so this is something that we're going to have to to deal with for the next uh, several weeks, hopefully. Right. And of course, and the problem too, again, is, is this attitude in Arkansas, this anti-science or, and it's political and it's braggadocio. It's a combination of bad characteristics, but one of them is, is a belief and it's been sold by the Republican side that, well, this disease, they, they've been selling from the beginning that it's not as bad as is advertised, and Omicron particularly is not. And there, and the UAMS and its, its forecast today said it's true that, that on balance, it's not as serious as the Delta variant was, but it's still extremely serious, and you still can die from it, and you still can have a very unpleasant illness, and you still can, after it's over, have lingering effects that may last with you for a lifetime. So it's not something to be treated lightly. The number of people infected is going to be much higher. It's, it's what somebody says, the denominator issue. The denominator is huge. And so the numerator in raw numbers may be, as a percentage, smaller than in Delta for serious cases, but there'll still be an awful lot of them. And, and so I, I mean, I, I'm taking it very seriously. I'm hiding out. Yeah, me too. Uh, though my, my kids have, uh, aside from a, a few days out uh, last week, they've stayed in school. So hopefully masks will prevail. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Governor Hutchinson. Uh, you, you know, we we uh, critiqued him last week for, for not doing more, not saying more. He you know, wants people to get vaccinated and but will only say wear a mask when appropriate, when, of course, it's appropriate everywhere. Uh, we had big rulings from the U.S. Supreme Court over President Biden's attempts to uh, to require vaccinations and workplaces or testing that got thrown out. But the, the requirement that that uh, hospitals that receive uh, funding from Medicare, Medicaid, require their employees to be vaccinated that stood that we have this conflicting law in arkansas and the governor has has uh, not taken a strong position no i, I, I clearly I should it, i thought it was a dereliction of duty here's the thing well first of all the ruling on health care i wish they'd upheld the other one but the health care ruling is more important and it truly is a mandate and it isn't just hospitals it's private nursing homes. It's it's health clinics that receive Medicaid reimbursement. It's the county uh, health clinics. It's the state human development centers. It's the state veterans nursing homes. It's just any number of things that, well, they don't have to do it. <laughs> they 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 cannot pull a pure fobus and say we won't obey the federal law, but give us our money because. <laughs> they won't get the money. 
they they can they can choose to enforce the mandate or they can give up something in the range overall i'd say of two billion dollars that comes into the state and that means the shutdown of virtually every hospital in the state and every nursing home and and everything else and 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 i know asa cares less about sick people than he does about jobs but it'll put all those people out of work as well it'd be just i mean However, you know, yesterday I'm the Democrat Gazette sampling opinion, got the Senate chair of legislative council. You can go to legislative council and get an exemption from the state law on state agencies on having a vaccine mandate. And it, somewhat to my surprise, the, the House leader said, well, you know, I think if the choice is losing the money or doing it, we're going to do it. But not Terry Rice. He said, well, I got to hear from the people first. That's who I listen to is the people. So the people are going to decide whether we follow federal law or not. I mean, it, that that kind of, to me, in a nutshell, described Arkansas situation. But back to the governor. When the when the, the two part Supreme Court rulings were announced yesterday, he fired out a statement saying how happy he was that they had uh, killed a, a man. A, a vaccine requirement or testing requirement for large employers. He said, you know, freedom's just too important. He didn't say a single word about the ruling on the health care mandate. He sent his his spokesperson out uh, who issued a statement saying, well, people are just going to have to ask the legislative council. Well, you know, the governor can and should lead. Uh, he's in charge of the Department of Human Services. He could say, whatever else happens, my DHS director is going to go to the legislative council and demand that we be given a waiver so that we can continue to receive the billions of dollars in Medicaid money we get. And he, and he should say, and it's not only because of money, it's because it's for the health of the people of Arkansas and it's the right thing to do and it's the law and we cannot, can't fight federal supremacy. The Supreme Court has said so. Instead, he just he just went in the tank, I think, and I just don't think it's leadership. I think he's it's a purely political decision because he know he governed in a state that is just. I don't know the, the right adjective to, to describe our attitude on this, but he doesn't he, he believes majority people just don't want to go along with this stuff. And so he the last thing he's going to do is stand up and vigorously say he should. I thought Bill Kopsky wrote a great piece for the Arkansas Times. It's on our website saying that no, realistically, the governor can't impose mask and vaccine mandates on a broad level, however useful they might be, but that there are a lot of things he can do. And one of them is being very forceful about backing them and saying without qualification that wearing a mask in an enclosed space and getting vaccinated, unless there's a, a sound medical reason not to do so, is what everybody in this state ought to do, period. That isn't really very hard, and he just won't do it. Yeah. All right, well, let's leave it there and move on. Uh, Mike Huckabee, former Arkansas governor turned pundit, is slated to appear at the Arkansas Martin Luther King Jr. Commission's MLK Day celebration on Monday at the governor's mansion. Just a natural fit that when you think of somebody who's oh. going to uh, speak for the, the values that uh, King stood for, Mike Huckabee. Well, uh, the, the Democratic 
Black Caucus immediately criticized this decision for, for two very good reasons. One is, Mike Huckabee's a former governor. He's a former preacher. There are ways, and he's a gifted speaker, and there are ways in which having him come speak would make sense, but not this year, not when his daughter is running for governor as a Republican, and this is basically enhances her campaign to be there for this event. But the other one is is what you've alluded to, which is there was a time when Mike Huckabee had a good reputation about sort of being not the usual Republican, do some things for poor people. He had some popularity among African-Americans, may still, I don't know. But he has wholly adopted become a Trumper. I mean, he's recognized that for his TV success on cable TV and otherwise and speaking engagements, going all Trump all the time is a winner for him. And he makes a handsome living from it. And what what that means is adopting essentially the white nationalism line that that the Trump adopted. And it means as recently as yesterday morning going on Fox News and and calling Joe Biden insane for calling for opposition to the vote suppression laws being adopted in Georgia and calling for passage of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which will come up before the Senate, or at least an effort to break the filibuster next week. And he says ugly things about people all the time. I mean, he's in favor of the filibuster. He's against the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, and he's going to speak on King Day. I mean, it's, it's really insulting is what it is and 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 the whole thing is just such a political show that i had to file an foi request to get the invitation <coughs> a state agency supported by taxpayers still won't tell me what time the event is they're keeping it a secret i think they're afraid of some kind of protest there is a protest the democrats are going to have a caravan approved by the mayor of little rock it's going to circle around the mansion sometime around the, the breakfast event there. And, and you know, Rabbi Barry Block wrote me this morning and said, they're calling this an interfaith prayer breakfast. I don't see any Jewish people. I don't see any Muslim people on the list. I don't see any conventional black leadership except those who went over and supported Asa Hutchinson politically like Tracy Steele. I mean, we've got we've got voting rights opponents leading the guest list for a Martin Luther King Day event in Arkansas, including out of all the senators in all the world they could have invited to this, Charles Beckham, who was kicked out of high school in Mississippi for wearing Ku Klux Klan robes on Halloween and scaring the crap out of black students. And this is how Republicans in Arkansas honor Martin Luther King Day. I, I You know, I've been having a lot of fun with it, if that's a word this week, because it's just so outrageous and crazy. And if Mike Huckabee can get through the day without saying something ugly about somebody, it'll be surprising to me. But, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's just it's just sad. And 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 I don't think outside of my circle of readers and Twitter followers and the Democratic Party, it really matters very much. Now, again. On the guest list are the four Arkansas members of the House of Representatives in Congress who all voted against the Voting Rights Act, both the senators who will certainly vote against the Voting Rights Act next week. They're on the guest list, but Joyce Elliott is not. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a transparent political deal, and, and that's the governor will be there. I, I, the, the rabbi says the mayor of Little Rock's not going to be there. He did approve the caravan proposal, so there is that. 
I think there's going to be very light attendance from a few Democrats on the list. They invited Democrats who were running for statewide office. But um, I, I don't think there's going to be a real big, real big turnout. Interestingly enough, I noted this morning that among those not invited was a Republican candidate for attorney, state attorney general, Leon Jones, who's an African-American. And but they did invite Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin. He is a lieutenant governor, I guess, but he's running for attorney general and he's white. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think they've covered themselves with glory on this. But again, I have to admit it's probably more interest to me than it is to the broad voter electorate. And they probably know that. All right, let's move on and talk about an ethics complaint that was filed this week against State Supreme Court Justice Rhonda Wood. Well, the Arkansas Public Law Center, which is a nonprofit that's gotten involved in quite a few legal cases over the year and on whose board I sit, uh, filed a complaint with the Judicial Discipline and Disability Commission. And I've posted the full complaint online. It's, it all arises primarily from testimony in the bribery trial of Gilbert Baker, which, which ended in a mistrial. Uh, Rhonda Wood was a witness in the case because she was a close friend of Mike Maggio, who's pleaded guilty to taking money from ba Gilbert Baker in the form of campaign contribution for a nursing home owner and, and lowering a, 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 a nursing home verdict against Michael Morton by $4 million in return for doing it. Morton hadn't been charged. Uh, Rhonda Wood, who was on the Court of Appeals in and running for Supreme Court, also got a lot of money from uh, Michael Morton, funneled through Gilbert Baker. Testimony in the trial showed that the money was sent to her campaign before the legal fundraising time began. She uh, gave some testimony, which I thought Deborah Shelton, in an article for the Arkansas Nonprofit News Network, highlighted pretty well about some sort of, you know, there's reason to think she wasn't wholly accurate or honest in her testimony about text messages that got deleted from her phone and and, and Mike Maggio's phone at a time when, when the two of them were very close friends. Um, I mean, her story is, is that it only applied to one thing and not the campaign money issue and that she didn't give advice to Maggio on how to handle the, the nursing home case and what have you. But there are a lot of open questions there. And we just felt like that it was at a minimum some of these issues about her for questionable testimony and 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 the absolute fact that money was sent to her campaign, she says unknowingly to her, uh, in advance of legal time period, and also that dates were changed on checks to make them look right, just deserves some look. And we'll see. And there, there may also be an ethics commission complaint filed about the, the fundraising, the campaign irregularities, and also testimony not about contributions to Wood, but about contributions to Maggio that were straw contributions, that is money that came from outside sources, but were given in the name of people who didn't actually provide the money. That's flatly illegal. Nothing's ever been done about that. There's a, there, there is an, a time issue that these things all happened, I guess now, eight or nine years ago, and they may be outside the time of ethical consideration in the main. But there were things that were said during the trial that, that were fresh, and particularly if her testimony last year was not honest, she didn't lend a very good appearance to the judiciary. And so 
perhaps they'll take a look. Perhaps they won't. I don't know. At least there's some there's some attention given to her behavior, which I've written about before. It's it's a black mark for the state's highest court. She doesn't look like somebody who should have run for reelection this year, but she did. And furthermore, she's unopposed and may may be reelected without opposition. The filing, I think, begins at the end of this month. All right. Well, that was that was a good summary summarization of a complicated issue. Uh, let's let's move on now to endorsements. What do you have this week? Well, you know, I'm kind of a sap, really. I mean, I'm sort of a sentimental sap and times have not been good. You know, I mean, kind of in general, I don't mean me personally so much. And <laughs> I got to recommend all creatures, great and small. I just love that show, the Masterpiece Theater on PBS. And they started the first episode of a new season about the veterinarians and the Yorkshire Dales. It's gorgeous countryside, beautiful costuming, very mild level humor, handsome animals, good people (laughs) doing good things. I mean, this is, it just felt good watching this at this particular time. So, Sorry. For those of you who aren't already fans, you ought to check in. I suspect everybody who is 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 already on board. And I was just sitting here trying to look it up. You know how terrible I am about book titles. On the other half of that, I've started reading a really great book by a woman historian, and the title absolutely slips my mind. But it's another book taking on the good war theory about the greatest generation and how the greatest generation wasn't particularly different than any generation and that and that our actions in World War II were not always honorable and heroic and doesn't mean that there's not a good story to tell, but we've just but I feel this all the time that we've elevated service to a point that that you can no longer say some of the obvious things like about how American soldiers got involved in a lot of thievery in World War II, midnight requisitions of supplies and the behavior of American soldiers toward women in Europe at the end of the war. And, you know, it's just, I mean, human beings are human beings. Each one is not a saint. I mean, in in a sense, it's not exactly a surprise, but there's some really good historical examination of what we did and how we viewed Germans differently than we viewed Japanese for racial reasons and it's uh, it's it's just kind of food for thought. I think I don't think it'll change the minds of the average person who who stands at attention every time a, a veterans issue is raised. But but anyway, it's it's pretty good stuff. That sounds great. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, a book that's newly reissued by New York Review of Books uh, Press. It's uh, called Mrs. Palfrey at the Claremont by British novelist Elizabeth Taylor, not not the actor Elizabeth Taylor, of course, uh, who uh, Jeff Dyer in the New York Times, I think, recently wrote is is sort of famous for not being as famous as she should be. Gets um, a very English novelist, and just the the summary of this book uh, did not really draw me in. And I'm not sure why I I dug into it, but I was so glad that I did. It's about a woman who, uh, after her husband dies and she has some means, uh, goes to live at kind of a uh, a once nice but now kind of declining hotel in London. 
that several other old people uh, also live in and it's kind of become a, a fancy retirement home of sorts and about how she struggles to fill her day and and compete with uh, the, the other people um, and she one of the big points at which they compete on is visitors and uh, whose relatives are visiting them and when she mentions a grandson and he, he never comes uh, she ends up sort of uh, inventing a grandchild uh, in a happenstance uh, interaction with a, a guy she meets on the street and and it, it's just really funny and charming and and oh uh, yeah that sounds so british it just sounds great yeah, I think you'd like it. Um, yeah, that, that one sounds up my alley. I, I, I need to put that on my list if I can only remember it. Well, there's there's a review of it in the in I think this week's New York Times book review. I was I was looking it up to find out more about Elizabeth Taylor. I somewhat ambitiously subscribed to the New York Review of Books uh, Classics Book Club, so I get a book every month, and and not surprisingly, I'm fairly behind. Uh, but that was that was one that I I really really enjoyed. So check it out. Sounds great. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there, and we'll be back next week. We'll do it. See ya.